Welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with business and well-being thought leaders, experts, and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights, and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally, and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tamu Thomas, founder of The 360 Brand. I'm a life coach, speaker, writer, and podcaster too. I am passionate. In fact, I believe that it is my divine assignment to help Generation X women connect with their inner leader, the leader that resides in their emotions, buried by logic and the desire to be good. Logic and being good according to someone else's standards is okay for surviving, but round here, we are in the business of thriving. I use my background in social work, life coach training, and my superpower of loving kindness to help women connect to who they really are so they can expand into themselves fully embrace their leadership qualities and relinquish the chaos that exists within the duality of who we are and who we think we should be. My intention for this podcast is to plant seeds and create aha moments that bring you closer to your centre so that you can start to embrace your 360 degrees wholeheartedly. In today's podcast, I am extremely excited because I am joined by Reverend Gail Loveshock, aka The Rev. Gail is an interfaith minister, human behaviour specialist, spiritual counsellor, storyteller and lover of mysteries. Gail is on a mission to help as many people as possible fall back in love with themselves and their lives celebrating that life through experiential and bespoke ceremonies, courses, training, retreats and mentoring. Gail is one of the most nourishing people I have come across. I could literally gush about Gail for ages, but instead I will leave you to listen to our nourishing conversation about self-connection, emotional safety and leadership. Also, I apologise, I was so excited at the beginning of this conversation. I sound like a five-year-old at their birthday party. Anyway, enjoy. Ha, I'm back. I'm back to tell you that Gail has a very special offer for my listeners, but you'll need to listen until the end to find out what it is. Enjoy. I have the most delightful guest to kick off this. Well, it's not really a new podcast season because I can't be bothered with setting up seasons on this podcast, but it's a new season. Um, and I, I'm absolutely delighted. Um, I don't even know where to start, but what I will start with is saying to you guys that my foray into the world of joy, um, whilst I've been away, Actually, before I went away, 
it was getting deeper and deeper. But I kind of felt like, oh gosh, I don't know. It feels like this is so big. Do I have a right to be delving into joy in this way? And then I had a word with myself, had some coaching, read loads of books, listened to all the podcasts, did all the things, all the praying, all the journaling, all the meditating, and have come to the realization that I am a leader. I know what I mean by leader. You can make of that what you will. And as a leader, it is my duty, not in the cumbersome sense, but it is my duty to share what is on my heart, on my mind, because I think that it is going to be supportive. I think that it is going to resonate with you. And I think that with our thinking together and our hearts beating together, we could change the world Mm -hmm. and save our home, Mother Mm -hmm. Earth. And this person that I have got today as my first guest is the perfect person to have this conversation. So I am going to be, first of all, I'm going to calm down. (laughs) That's the first one. Um, But I am going to be taking you guys on a deep dive past joy into connection and emotional safety, Mm. because I believe that those are the um, those are the tools we nurture the soil of joy with, and if you don't nurture the soil, then the soil's not going to yield the crops you want. Um, so, without further ado, I'm going to share that my first guest is Reverend Gail Loveshock, <laughs> and. Um, I'm going to leave Gail to introduce herself because I will gush on forever. (laughs) However, what I will say is the reason that it was important for me to have Gail here as uh, my first guest in this new season is because I cannot think of anybody that I know and can vouch for that is more loving more heart-centered, more grounded, and more willing to go into the nooks and the crannies that we often avoid and paper over. And this conversation for me is so important. I, I needed to have somebody that has the depth that Gail has. So Gail, I'm hoping that I haven't like created pressure, but <laughs> it is what it is. Thank, Thank you, you for being here. My absolute pleasure. What an intro. Thanks. <laughs> wow, you're welcome. And, and you can't see Gail, but Gail is giving us Jane Seymour vibes today. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, is in the building <laughs> and she is going to be sharing all kinds of treatments mm-hmm. and tonics um, mm. with us. Mm. So, Gail, mm-hmm. please, um, for those of you that, or those of my listeners that haven't come across you mm-hmm. yet, mm-hmm. please could you share who you are, Mm. Gail, Reverend, Mm. actually, who you are as Gail, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the woman Mm -hmm. beneath, in between, in the middle Mm -hmm. of your roles and titles. Mm, I love that. Really, I'm a woman who wants everybody to feel safe enough to be the fullest expression of themselves. Mm. And I am absolutely 100% a geek and a nerd and love cooking and hosting and ah, just exploring this funny old life that we are living um, essentially without 
screwing things up too much along the way. <laughs> That's all any of us can hope for, really. Um, you know, and I'm a daughter and an only child and a wife and a, a lover to my husband and, mm-hmm. you know, the owner or the, the custodian of um, a black cat, a black rescue cat full of personality. Um, but, yeah, ultimately... I am have been and always am a, a person who's just interested in how things really work. And that's even from a kid when I was, you know, taking digital alarm clocks apart and then, you know, saying to my mum, there's three bits that I don't know how to put back <laughs> to <Help>. today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but ultimately, yeah, just... Um, I'm really interested in how to to reach the edges of everything and to ultimately feel safe. That's mm. you know that's that's always been my thing, and I, I think that always will be. Mm. Mm. Delicious. Mm. Um, see, that's why we have Gail because <laughs> there are many people I have asked whether it's in the realm of me being a coach or a social worker or just curious about who they are beyond their roles and titles. And and there has been a stumble. Mm. No stumble. No (laughs) stumble. That's the first question. (laughs) (laughs) Tick. So Gail, Mm. um, I met you uh, because we were invited to share some time at a beautiful women's circle. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I first became aware of you because of your well, no, I'd known you before because I was following you on Instagram and I really mm. loved your work. Mm. So please could you share with my listeners um, what you do mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how you came to do it? Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. So I am an interfaith minister, which people might be thinking, does that make you religious? And my answer to that is no, because um, I said no thank you to religion because I wanted a spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's always an interesting theme. Um, and what it means is that for for me, I am in a really blessed and privileged place to be able to help people design ceremonies for every every single part of their life from our usual what we call hatched, matched and dispatched in the industry, which is really, uh, you know, um, and through to things like new blessings and um, product launches, hotel launches, all sorts of extraordinary things where people ultimately want some good magic involved in it. And then I also am the world's only energy transformation strategist. So for me, the training as a coach, training as a mentor, live, um, training as a spiritual counsellor and into training as an interfaith minister and, a, and, a, and an awful lot before that led me to realise that after six years of practising, um, you know, kind of in a practice as a coach, you know, working with thousands of people that really what I was doing was again ultimately creating an environment where that person felt safe enough to truly remember who they were before they thought they had to be someone else. Mm. And so my job is ultimately creating um, a place of psychological safety where people feel that they are able to A, remember who they were before the concept of being broken was introduced to them. Because I, I think 
I think that less people are broken than they think they are mm-hmm. because I think that the self-help industry populates disturbance in our psyches that keeps us in a very particular place. And I would liken that almost to the contraceptive pill and what that does to women. So I'm, I really feel that the self-help industry has to take a different type of responsibility. And, and then ultimately, again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for you and I'm here to see the parts of you that you might not want to be seen. And most of those parts are just delicious and beautiful mm. and lovely and soft and funny and quirky and geeky. And I have an innate talent, again, at being able to create environments where people are able to come and say, I think I need help with this thing. And quite quickly we realize it's got nothing to do with that thing. It's absolutely this thing. And it's so much simpler and softer than people anticipate. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the joy of the way that I work is that ultimately um, it's a conversation. It's a relationship. It's a it, we we put a strategy together to discover what's your original blueprint. You know, it's that it is like an architect. We're peeling back the layers. We're looking at what when did the loo end up in the living room? You know, when did that happen? We're getting right back to essentially who were you when you came in? You know, regardless of your faith or your spiritual practice or where you are, you know, what are the things that won't leave you? you know, that you want to bring into the world, that you want to co-create. And depending upon what level of consciousness you're at, and we'll talk about more about that as well, then you're only going to be able to see certain opportunities. Otherwise, other things will appear hidden, even if they're right in front of you. Mm. That's it, guys. Podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) You get so many points that I have I, I have written in my notes in um, preparation for mm-hmm. our conversation. Mm-hmm. So um, at the moment, and I think this is going to be a long moment because it is so interesting to me. Mm. Um, at the moment, my thing is connection and safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I chose to call my company 360 because I realised that So first of all, I realized that I wasn't as much of an individual that I thought I was, Mm -hmm. that we are all so similar. It Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, When you hear spiritual leaders talking about there is no separation, Mm -hmm. there is no separation. So Mm -hmm. what I started to realize within myself and see reflected everywhere, it's kind of like when you see one yellow car and it registers in your mind, you start seeing Mm -hmm. yellow cars all over the place. Mm -hmm. What I started to... um, realize I was how I was being and see in other places was that people so so you talked about uh, the safety at the edges Mm -hmm. of life Mm -hmm. but what I what I um saw was people sitting on the edge of their life on their periphery Mm -hmm. too scared to move inward Mm -hmm. because moving inward meant that you were standing in the middle Mm -hmm. and you can have a 360 degree view of yourself Mm-hmm. So people were okay, well, were deluding themselves or are deluding themselves to believe that they're okay with seeing mm-hmm. 180 degrees mm-hmm. and they're making the other 180 degrees a shadow mm-hmm. that leaks out all over the place. Mm-hmm. And moving into the centre 
for me and in the people that I'm working with enables us to see the edges Mm -hmm. that you were talking about Mm -hmm. from a place of safety. Mm -hmm. But before that, I was very much part of the school where I was frightened of my wholeness Mm -hmm. because we are um, conditioned to only look for the good. Mm. Like you'll see mm. on Instagram, hashtag good vibes only and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes what isn't what society has decided is good, mm. bad or less than. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I found when I started to explore, you know, let's go to a young and school of psychoanalytic, whatever, mm-hmm. my shadows what greeted me in my shadows was my bliss. Mm-hmm. I was like, my gosh, you've been here all this time. I kept glimpsing you, but it was so unfamiliar. I was scared. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. to be clear, um, when I talk about um, joy, because that is what I found ultimately hiding mm-hmm. within my shadows, just waiting for me to open my eyes and turn the light on. The joy I'm talking about, I, I got this from a um, biblical encyclopedia it's a bit like the bible wikipedia it's called Mm -hmm. theopedia Mm -hmm. and that describes joy as being a state of mind and orientation of the heart it's a settled state of contentment confidence and hope Mm. so it's not that oh my god we should all be happy Mm -mm. Mm -mm. so my social work background my natural curiosity and just love of research Mm. really had me exploring joy because even though that's what I was describing it felt to me like that was at the surface but what was beneath that was something else Mm -hmm. and as I started to peel back the layers what I started to realize was that what I was seeing Mm -mm. what was enabling me to see my joy was me connecting with myself Mm -hmm. and that connection allowing me to feel emotionally safe Mm. in facing my North Star Mm -hmm. and navigating towards my North Star. Mm. So my question, it it starts with self. Mm -hmm. Like in other areas, when you see a lot of I, you need to question yourself, like Mm -hmm. what kind of ego business is this? But this was more about ownership. Mm -hmm. So a lot of your work helps people to connect to their inner world, Mm -hmm. as per your website, the Mm -hmm. place where brilliance and wisdom meet. How can people take steps to trust their own wisdom and brilliance Mm. when we have been conditioned to externalize and seek um, validation outside ourselves. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. I, I just want to say everything you just said really resonates with me as well. And, it, and, he says, and very much that description of, of joy, the profoundest, deepest, widest way of, of meeting that as often as possible, ultimately. Mm. And for me, that's also very much part of what I refer to the treatment of trusting. I call it the inner wise one, but it, but really it's God, you know, and really it's creation. Um, sometimes I refer to it as the inner architect or um, it can be love. Again, it's this sense of 
it has become this like bonkers act of rebellion to trust ourselves. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, have I not got anything better to do with my time? Because <laughs> I really recognize that as well, that it's like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, I see this in myself, I see this in my clients where um, so much time is spent looking for external affirmation. You know, so much time is spent looking for reward. And, and the really accidental patronization of the pat on the head and the cookie, you know, um, the kind of saccharine sweet, well done, they're there. Um, and in a way, social media is kind of, it has it has an element of that to it as well. You know, it's we've created this kind of extraordinary, um, you know, tick box of things that must be achieved for us to feel somehow we have contributed, mm-hmm. which again is a disconnection from the knowing that, you know, today. So a treatment, for example, is, you know, today um, when I wake up, for me, and, you know, I always wake up and, kind of I have my what I refer to as my morning prayer my morning treatment it just begins with thank you ultimately Mm -hmm. you know I had a really great sleep even if I didn't by the way this is this is a top tip so even if I had a disturbed night of sleep I will convince myself I've had a really good one um because my mind doesn't know the difference between whether it's imagined or real. So I'm going to tell it whatever I want to tell it, quite frankly, and I'm going to get it to do what I want it to do. Um, So, you know, I'm going to begin my day with like, thank you. Thank you so much. And just today is going to be, you know, today's going to be a great day. Today is going to be a really good day. And sometimes I'll move that in a, why is it so easy? Like, why is it so easy for me to keep having a good day? This just keeps happening. This Mm -hmm. keeps happening over and over again. I meet people that I'm really, you know, liked by and who I like. You know, somebody's going to do something really nice for me. I'm going to do something really nice for someone else. And then, you know, there, as we do that more and more, and I say, you know, kind of, as you, you've heard me say, like the things with treatments is you can't just apply them once, they have to be applied repeatedly and often, is it starts to rebuild this bridge inside ourselves, towards ourselves, and ultimately the the temple of the ribcage, which is the cathedral of us, the heart space, the the inner knowing some people refer to it as like the inner ding or the instinct, the intuition. But I have to rigorously and consciously create that connection. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit like if we use the word currency, for example, it's a bit like um, if we think about how electricity works in a home, if the wiring is shorting somewhere the currency won't get through the energy can't transfer it shorts Mm -hmm. so we have to go in we have to pay attention we have to rewire and reframe and we have to make sure that all of that works in a way that's fully supportive to us so to begin to build trust is something that begins in the morning it's something that repeats throughout the day. It's something that I call an evidence journal can be really supportive too as well. Because again, as you you know, you've heard me say as well, it's not enough to just think about what um you know that we've ticked off the to-do list. We also get to enjoy the done and dusted list, and we also get to write down all the things that just feel like a little bit of extra magic. And the more that those pages are filled with that evidence, then the deepening of the trust and the faith in oneself that becomes. 
And in doing that, that's also when we move to a different level of consciousness. That's also when we start to see varying opportunities. And it's also when things might simply not bug us as much ultimately. And we're able to think, oh, thank heavens, you know, like actually that person that was doing that thing at work, do you know what? They're just doing the best they can do in the day that we're in and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's mm-hmm. a you know there's just there's a few ways and again it comes back to what feels good for you I am never going to say to anybody you've got to spend you know two hours a day on the mat meditating and you have to do this and you have to do that you will know um and ultimately um the easiest thing I can liken it to is do you go for a pee as soon as you need one And it's that simple. If your body is telling you, like, I need to go for a comfort break and you're not listening, the chances are, you know, if you're still sitting there two hours later, still needing a bathroom break, the chances are you're pushing a lot of your other needs way, way far away from you. (laughs) So, So let it begin with the simplest of things. Go for a pee when you need one and your body will start to trust you. Yes, you know, and this is the thing, it's, it's, it's much less complicated than the billion dollar industry of self-help wants us to believe it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much, so much, so much. A while back, I did a solo podcast episode where I talked about meeting your needs and mm-hmm. I referred to the tendency, just one more sentence, then I'll go to the yes. loo. Just one more yes. thing, then I'll go to the loo. And I was like, what are you telling yourself about your needs if you're constantly a very basic mm-hmm. primal need, you're not um, meeting? And what what you said about the um, repetition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of your treatments mm-hmm, mm-hmm start your day with your your morning treatment and mm-hmm. whatever treatments you need throughout the day you mm-hmm. you apply liberally mm-hmm. Th- that is so important because this insta life we want to live it's like people want to do one holistic thing today and they are holistic full stop and and it doesn't work like that and the rep- the repetition and the evidence bank that you describe mm-hmm really does help us build trust and learn to listen Mm -hmm. to our bodies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Literally just today, um, I wrote something that I'll be sharing somewhere where Mm -hmm. I said, um, your emotions don't care about your intellect. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, no, it's true. No, not at all. Not at all. And to a certain extent, you know, God and the great architect doesn't really care about our emotions either Mm. we we have become you know we have become this we are if I take it back a step you know we are without a shadow of the doubt you know like the post-nuclear post-industrialization layer of the most sensitive uh, breed of our species there has ever been you know, our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents, if we talked about energy, power and currency, they they would literally think we were talking about the power of people, industry and money. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, at no point did my mother or my grandmother ever say to me, I'm going to reclaim my power today. <laughs> I cannot imagine my mother saying anything along the lines of I'm feeling so much resistance in relation to this piece of work I I know 
I know. If I if I said to my gran, I'm just like I'm so much. I just can't. I just can't go outside today. I'm just picking up on everybody. She would be like, "Get your shoes on. Who do you think you Literally. are? You know, Literally. she would just yeah. be like, "What are you talking about?" She'd be like, "The world. The world is for living in, Dale. Get yourself Hello. outside. You know, get yourself outside." And you know, we're seeing this show up in all sorts of ways, like bizarrely. Um, you know, with the with the emotional resistance and or the trend of emotional resistance, even to, you know, to what we might consider um, uh, our storms or our thunders of ourselves or the dark and rainy days or our anger or our rage, that edits out how much capacity we have for joy and bliss. Like to feel it all, you know, my my feeling, my thought is that I I chose this human experience to have the fullest experience as a human which absolutely includes me being pissed off and angry finger snaps yeah and you know and kind and and recognizing where I am so you know right now I'm doing this huge house clear because I'm moving from you know the south of England back home to Scotland and it is slaying me every single day there is not a single day that in the last two months it hasn't gone by when I haven't wept and wailed mm. you know and then felt it and then found something else and then had a smile on my face like if anybody was watching from the outside they would be like that woman needs a break in the priory you know like she needs she needs a hot she needs a break take that girl where there's mojitos or do yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but it's not true because it is it's my um and just allowing what I might normally put a bottle top in and actually, there's this gorgeous opportunity to do it. And one of the biggest things I recognized was um, I'm a, a ferocious reader and consumer of information. I, I, I like to know where things come from. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like in the last 18 months. I, I'm hanging out like 4,000 years ago. With the, <laughs> as with you the, do. As you do with the Babylonian sciences at the moment and being like, oh, my God, this is where everything came from. Mathematics, mm-hmm. astrology, astronomy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one of the things I noticed, so I've sold, I think it's just over 500 books in the last month or so, because I am complete with them ultimately. Um, I, I'm still <laughs> having huge resistance at getting rid of books once I'm done with them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? And what I would say to that is a really good point, because for me, so was I. So I also had a huge clear out at the start of the year. And I think about 250 books went then, but I kept a huge cohort of things. And then for some reason, which we could call the work, which we could call presence, which we could call peace of mind, which we more realistically could call Gail said yes to something that she's wanted for a really long time, which Mm -hmm. is to move back to Scotland. Um, And because of that, I noticed three particular themes in in the books uh, that were all instilling a wound around these three things so one was trauma mm-hmm. you're in trauma you're going to be in trauma forever you're traumatized deal your trauma you know the other one was you've lost your creativity but hey we've got it inside this book so you know come in this book and then we'll sort it out and if you can't then you should buy this other book because that's yeah. really important and then the third thing was to do with weight loss. Your body is wrong. You're not in the right body. Everything about you is wrong. If you were looking after yourself, you would look like this, you know. And then I just looked at this kind of 150, 200 titles. And as I held each of them, I just saw the, these lines of themes. 
And then I was like, oh my God, this is the this is the moment you realize the difference between being on the healing journey and being healed. Um. So, you know, when there is a moment, and again, because I'm listening to my body when I need to pee, I'm doing my morning treatment, you know, I'm in my evidence building, you know, I'm working with the edges of me that are uncomfortable because actually they're full of gold and you know young said you know the shadow is 99% gold and we think it's 99% shit but exactly. it's actually exactly it's, it's like the composted dreams get in there get in there and alchemize <laughs> that shit man yes totally you know and that's why we do what we do because you because we you know, my job is to reframe people's perceptions if they think they're going to knock on the door of, of what they think they understand of as their shadow, which nine times out of ten these days is essentially things that they've read through a variety of social media pipetting. And it is nowhere near the extraordinary gift that it can be. And then, you know, for me, I was just like, oh, my goodness, I'm so complete with these themes. I am right in my body. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely creative and I have no trauma. You know, this is mm-hmm. a mean, this is life changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and for me, that's also why I work with clients over six to 12 months, you know, deep excavation. It's, you know, you're not coming to me unless you're ready to lift the lid and discover how freaking amazing you really are and how how things are going to get so much juicier and how life is going to become so much more beautiful and you're going to move from the concept of me through to the connection of we Mm. and you're going to move out of little eye and little mind and you're going to be able to get into giant mind and realize that Mm -hmm. as you become that leader you know, exactly as you're talking about. And and you live your life from a place of compassion for all your edges and the depths of you and the decisions that you've made and the remorse that you have and the grief that you're in and the guilt or shame or all of these teachers that we have within us, then you're just going to become this extraordinary version of a human which is living the entire compost possibilities Mm -hmm. of of their life and that's a really you know that's a really rare it's rarer than we think so rare Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we don't we don't want to go there Mm -mm. Mm. and that 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 really is getting mucky in that mud is is the best gift Mm. um so Gail, you just mentioned trauma. So I'm going to fast forward a couple of questions into mm. the trauma zone. Mm. Um, many people that work in the realm of wellness, so coaching, healing, that kind of thing, mm. um, I believe don't fully understand trauma. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this because I am trying to be out here as some kind of trauma expert, mm. but... As a social worker from 2003 until closing my last case file at the beginning of 2019, I worked with trauma daily. Mm -hmm. People that were um, unaware of their trauma, people that were, for lack of a better word, inflicting trauma, Mm. experts in the realm of trauma. And... um, in this iteration and in this world, 
it feels like trauma has been sensationalized. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be something big. Mm. On the 4th of February, 2001, this happened mm-hmm. and I'm traumatized. Mm-hmm. But when I get hooked onto a word, I refer to the dictionary. Mm. So the Oxford Dictionary definition of trauma is... Where have I put it now? A deeply distressing or disturbing experience. It doesn't say huge. Mm. There's a deeply distressing and disturbing experience. Mm -hmm. Now, I know many people, whether they were service users when I was a social worker and they were coming from a position of huge disadvantage or people whose parents were genuinely doing the best, genuinely trying to provide them with a platform that would enable them to leap. What I have experienced is that people are traumatized as children by the pressure from their parents to do well, Mm -hmm. be good, Mm -hmm. and be happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a silent trauma because it's something that you've grown with. And these things, if, if, if I'm thinking about it from the position of parents that have consciously tried to give you that great nourishing foundation, the pressure of being good, doing well, and being happy means that as part of our conditioning, you know, shadows are part of us being conditioned. Otherwise, we'll be feral. We're animals at the end of the day. We think we're really sophisticated. We're animals. So when we are busy being conditioned to be good, do well, and happy, our parents, and it's not a criticism, I'm a parent, as I've understood this lesson, I'm like, whoa, I do this all over the place, and I'm having some real frank conversations with myself in my journal. Mm. We squash who our children really are, Mm And then we condition them to be people pleasers. And that takes shape in many ways. And then we get to our late 30s, beginning of our 40s, and we don't have a sense of who we are. Mm. They're the people that come to me because they're stuck. They're the people that come to me because they're afraid to want what they want. They are afraid to ask for what they want. They're even afraid to share when somebody is crossing a boundary because they get caught up in that they will no longer be perceived as being a good girl, doing well, being nice, and all those sorts of things. Mm. So please could you share some of your wisdom in relation to detaching from the people pleasing, which I think is one of the ultimate disconnections mm-hmm. to self, to um, being trusting and being guided by your inner compass. Because your inner compass isn't going to give you that good girl validation or you've done so well validation in the way that you've been conditioned to lap up. Mm, mm, absolutely, yeah. <sighs> Huge question. <laughs> As I was writing it, I was like, whoa, but here we are. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, this all circles back to do I feel safe? You know, do I feel safe? And if I don't, 
you know, it's going to be tricky for me to say no thank you to, to certain things. Um, you know, we talk a lot about, like, I gave my power away, uh, you know, and that's an interesting part of this as well when it comes to, when it comes to people pleasing, because sometimes it can come from a really good place. You have a very loving nature. You're very caring. Um, and certainly one of the tools I work with, with the Enneagram, for example, which is, you know, we have nine seats around a circle that we may sit at. And, you know, the, the Enneagram advises us how our soul really wants to present itself. In, What's in, that, an Enneagram? Yeah, so the Enneagram is a tool that I work with with all my clients. Um, and so whereas, for example, Myers-Briggs is how your personality shows up, mm-hmm. the Enneagram is how the soul has the opportunity to, to show up. It's really beautiful and and um, totally destroys your bullshit. It's brilliant. Ooh, um, I want some. Um, and you know and so for example with the Enneagram you know we have um, at the seat of what's called at the seat of two we have um, we have the helper now the helper in healthy is going to be somebody that you know that that is that wants to positively people please if that makes sense you Mm -hmm. know and really wants to see that everybody is okay but then we start to see that tip into what we talk about as unhealthy behaviors and they'll start to feel really drained and they'll start to feel um, quite judgmental and they'll also start to feel victimized. Um, (gasps) (laughs) And so then at the same time, what we've got is actually the lowest level of consciousness happening here, which is to me consciousness. So this is happening to me. Um, There's nothing I can do about it. I've just got to put up with this. Ultimately, you know, Mm. and we could, we could open that up, um, you know, a lot more. Um, but what can happen, and we, we'll use the Enneagram, we'll also kind of workshop this also with the four levels of consciousness, is that too, you know, at that helper position, we have that real opportunity to lean into, you know, when I understand what my needs are, I understand it's not my job to assume that other people's needs are the same as mine, which then also means that I can move away from pleasing people and I could think about pleasing myself and that will make me a better person to be in and of the world and you know some and again do I feel safe to do that that's a question if I don't feel safe why do I not feel safe you know what's happening in my immediate environment and and ultimately we do have this part of us which absolutely comes from the childhood wound of but if I don't conform to this environment, I will be on the outside, you know, lizard brain, ultimately. Mm-hmm. I will be on the outside and I don't really feel like that's a good thing. You know, that, that feels a bit threatening to me. That feels a bit uncomfortable to me. So with people pleasing, it's, it's really about understanding, again, for me, it always comes back to where, where are my needs in amongst this? Where am I in, in a levels of connection? So with the four levels of consciousness, the to me consciousness, you know, things are happening to me. I feel like a victim. I might be feeling like my ego is taking over. I'm completely disconnected from the idea of there being anything else other than me in this body which I'm probably having a really hard time being in right now 
but immediately I take responsibility for how I'm feeling. I move into by me consciousness, which in the first instance can feel quite positive, mm-hmm. but actually by me consciousness then becomes about, I feel like everything has to be done by me. Ah. So then we move into adrenal fatigue, burnout. We get a different type of judgment. We get a different type of people pleasing. And, you know, I'll just push through. I'll just push through. And also we see buy me consciousness massively in terms of marketing, you know, so buy me, be why, but buy me, be you why. We also see it across social media. Um, We see the push, we see the sales funnels, we see, um, you know, I just see people exhausting themselves all the time for some kind of allegedly liberal payday but they could have put 18 months work into something but nobody's talking about that Mm -hmm. you know and actually I'm really interested in that experience you know I also know people who are have taken responsibility by me consciousness and they have moved into through me consciousness which is when I'm doing my treatments I'm really being like okay good morning Good morning, energy of my understanding. You know, what's my part in this? No, if I drink coffee on an empty stomach, I'm going to be a a crazy woman today. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to have my breakfast. I'm going to move my body. I'm going to have my fresh air. If my kid is tugging, you know, at my sleeve, I'm going to be like, yes, Mm -hmm. you have my full attention. Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me everything that's happening. You know, because kids are absolutely in through me consciousness. They're just like alive to the opportunity you know they their soul has kind of sussed out that they're in a body but they the ego is not awake yet mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm, this beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful time you know and then from you know through me consciousness I'm very much connected I'm also in trust I'm in faith and then there is the fourth level of consciousness which is as me consciousness um a variety of churches would would not impress upon uh, this being encouraged. And ultimately, as me consciousness, I am God. I am the architect. Mm. I'm not even the co-creator. I am Mm -hmm. the creator. I am the creator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, this is pretty, it can be very frightening because what it means is I have to release the idea that things are happening to me, that things are happening by me I have to do everything it means I even have to be soften even more into the the liquid space of darkness and unknowing from through me to as me and then it's just like I mean I'll give you a really really down-to-earth example of this I had a car crash recently with my husband and um, when we were in hospital, we'd been in hospital kind of all day, lots of tests, you know, brain scans, mm-hmm. all this jazz happening. And, you know, there's something weird that happens in hospital. There's no time in hospital, right? It just sort of moves around and does all the things that, that it does. But I was really relaxed because um, I had explained when I first entered that I felt really unsafe and actually I had been reassured so that, you know, and then, um, you know, and then this is also really, really important because when we reassure ourselves, but in a medical environment, we want someone else to reassure us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After a day of tests, we kind of got moved into a ward, which was sort of like, you might have to stay in overnight, you might not have to stay in. And as um, James and I sat down, I said to him, I could really just do with like a cup of tea and a sandwich. <laughs> like I could really do. Mm-hmm. And in an 
it was less than a less than an exhale this wee woman appeared beside me and said would you like a cup of tea and something to eat oh my gosh and I was like I'm sorry what I was like but we've just sat down and she was mm-hmm. like yeah yeah that's okay she was like do you want some soup and I was like oh, soup would be amazing and she was like James do you want some soup and we were like hang on and we kept saying, <laughs> but we just sat down and I really felt like she I really felt like I hear I could hear God saying I've been waiting for you to sit down at this table mm-hmm. your whole life you know like yeah you've sat you're Mm -hmm. you know and then god she brought things you know that um she brought soup she brought tea um she brought this amazing ginger sponge pudding which was just so comforting i know like two courses um and then and then she disappeared again and and off she went now you know listeners might be thinking well that's not particularly miraculous but the thing is it is it is and this is this is the trick to gaining trust in ourselves. This is this is that is my equivalent of winning the lottery. Hello, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is why I'm so into you know everyday joy is my thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about everyday joy; it's about those everyday experiences mm-hmm. that are magical. Mm-hmm. And because we're so busy. I've got this goal. Mm. We are missing the magic before our very eyes that make that goal. It's not that it makes the goal insignificant, Mm -hmm. but it makes that goal less of a a master. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, again, the evidence journal, all the wee synchronicities. So also then when my Land Rover got taken to my garage, my mechanic rang me and said, I've just ordered you four new tires because we don't want you to have, uh, because we had a blowout, basically. That was what the crash was. And he just said, the tires are all right. And he was like, but they're not good enough for me to be happy with you driving the vehicle. That to me is also an as me and through me level of consciousness. He was really taking care of me. Yeah. You know, and I, I really felt that and responded to that and appreciated it. And, and when it comes to, when it comes to, um, you know, people pleasing, then again, it's just this interesting journey. If you're in to me consciousness, you're probably thinking that if you don't say yes to something or, you know, and there's a whole conversation to go into in terms of in, if you're in a unsafe environment or if you're in an unsafe relationship or, mm-hmm. or if you mm-hmm. are, um, you know, if you're dating a narcissist or if you're, you know, any of these types of thing, again, safety must come first. Mm-hmm. I cannot say that more mm-hmm. and more clearly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're going to please anybody, just un- you can also swap the word please for comfort. So take care of the most basic needs of yourself. Again, do I need to go for a bathroom break? Have I, have I drank enough? Have I moved today? Have I got outside? You know, have I, have I actually eaten? Mm-hmm. You know, and these can be so difficult when we're in the me consciousness because it's depression, it's anxiety, it's disconnection. You know, and as you move through the levels of consciousness and you get to the point when you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm listening. I'm, you know, I'm hungry. I'm going to go and eat. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got to pick the kids up. I'm going to leave on time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, again, like, I'll just push it. I'll push it and push it. You know, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, just, Mm -hmm. you know, when I've done this, when I've done that. Mm -hmm. 
And again, we think it has to be the lottery win. But remember, in terms of um, of actual lottery wins, um, something crazy, 92% of lottery winners end up in a more impoverished state than before they yeah. won because they yeah. are not in a state to manage the type of wealth and responsibility yeah. that comes yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. And this work, you know, joy has a rigor to it, you know. Listen, joy requires a serious energy exchange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not free. Mm-mm. So when I say to people, I take joy really seriously, <laughs> I can see some people like, oh, F off, like, come <laughs> off it. Like, but it's a really serious, yeah. if we think about it from the position of a state of mind and orientation mm. of the heart, mm. contentment, confidence, mm. hope, mm. that shit takes real work in a yeah. world that benefits from us not being contented not being confident not being hopeful Mm -hmm. because those things put you in your integrity when you're not in your integrity you will do a whole load of things and make a whole load of decisions that you wouldn't ordinarily make Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you you talked about lottery winning and you talked Mm. about um something else I can't remember I do remember but I don't remember but it made me think about money Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. connection and money Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the reason it made me think about connection and money I'm thinking about people that work within service industries that are designed to help people thrive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and that that connection what what are what are you doing things for kind of Mm. so what I'm getting at is we are in this really strange paradigm whereby people are doing this work, women are doing this work mm. to support women, mm. to be their authentic, the most, the, the, the highest expression of themselves, mm. to live lives that are financially free, mm. having financial liberation, and are talking about all this income they're making but they're doing things and working with other women, but not paying. Mm. Mm. That is a huge, that's a huge disconnect. Yeah. For me. Yeah, totally. totally, I'm I'm interested in what you, what what you think that's about. Yeah, I know. It's so interesting, isn't it? I am. So there's a few things to this. One thing is, People don't actually know how to run a business. That, that is, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to say that. <laughs> with such a straight, <laughs> with such a straight face. Do you know what? One day I'm going to have to just step up and do like video podcasting. But yeah, I'm laughing yeah. Yeah. because it's one of those uncomfortable sad truths (laughs) and it is uncomfortable it is uncomfortable you know also the other part of it is that um you know so we have this crazy whoosh of of um this idea of entrepreneurialism but actually outside the tech industry it's an ambiguous thing to define you know so because you left your nine-to-five job and you set up um ultimately as a freelancer suddenly you know Cosmo magazine says that makes you an entrepreneur I I would say not necessarily it's a it's the the whole topic of business is a is a is a whole other you know kind Mm -hmm. of discussion um I also honestly think that 
there are a lot of people who say they're business owners, but they're unemployed. And it's <laughs> <laughs> right now this second. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, um, you know, that yeah, they're not they're not even working part-time. You know, and look, and now also part of the reason that they're also not working is because they're also not selling. And I'm sorry, but you can't be in service if you're not selling. That's not even a finger snap now. That no. is a <laughs> clap, an actual... Yeah. And then with prosperity consciousness, so let me tell you, this, when you know, and this for me has been a really, really juicy excavation is... I'm going to tell you that, um, you know, I'm not even selling. I'm giving you the opportunity to invest in yourself. That's, you know, and what I'm doing is I'm giving, and if I'm not prospecting to prosper, I'm not doing what I'm here to do, which is to help you ultimately meet yourself so that then you can take all these tools and these treatments and you can share them with the world. But women are not paying women because they don't understand the basics of business. They are putting their energy in this weird, hey, it's all about an energy exchange, you know, and, and instead of getting the basics right and, and going and getting some business mentoring and finding out who that is and what works and what doesn't work, you know, even from understanding ultimately the base, you know, does it make, do you have to be a company limited by guarantee? Honestly, probably not. There's, there's, there are very little advantages of that, you know, today, unless you're getting to a certain point of contracting and working with a very particular level of of client you know being a sole trader is is okay and I guarantee sometimes people who say they're running businesses they're again they're part-time freelancers working contract to contract but they've put a really interesting filter on it and they've probably got seven pound in the bank and they're you know they're rolling the business on credit cards and this is you know if that's if that's your way of developing your business, just get really clear about that. See your credit card as a business loan and that's how you're working with it and you are fully attuned and paying attention to that every single day. Mm-hmm. Money consciousness is becoming a huge part of my work and I'm really excited about all of it. So also the idea of anybody saying to anybody, um, and I know some really heavy hitters in the self-help and the wellness industry who do this shit all the time and say, come along and do this. It's going to be amazing exposure for you. No, no, thank you. Mm-mm. Because no, thank let you. me tell you something with your exposure. You didn't look at me and say, hmm, I think Tamu could do with some exposure. <laughs> you saw my gifts, my skills, my experience, mm-hmm. my talents, mm-hmm. and you thought it could add to your event. Mm-hmm. And now, because you are um, overly, I don't know the right word, but because you're thinking about your money, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. trying to tell me that you are doing me a favor because I could possibly gain clients mm. from subsidizing your event because it's my time I will prepare for it I will travel there all of that costs Mm -hmm. and then you're saying that event was so amazing and I'm going to tell you the secret to how I made 10 grand profit because you didn't pay anyone yeah yeah 
Absolutely. And I've, and it won't be 10 grand because we've forgotten how many hours it took. Exactly. And they won't have costed it. And this is a big part, you know, at a really basic business level. The reason things are, people ask people to do things for free. Again, it's because they don't know how to basically put a cost sheet together, how to put a budget together. And just get honest about that. There's some people that I've reached out to. There's a, there's a coach I'm working with right now in a in a group coaching environment you know for me which is amazing um and I reached out and to find out what the investment would be you know um that I would be looking at to invest into myself to work with her Mm -hmm. to really elevate me into Mm -hmm. a place of putting um a six-figure value and I'm saying the word value on purpose I'm not interested in a six-figure business but I am interested in upper six-figure seven-figure value yeah into the world yeah where absolutely there is um there is a salary that comes from that absolutely yes to, mm-hmm. to playing tax absolutely to being the honeybee to VAT because mm-hmm. it just comes this way mm-hmm. you know so many women put that bottle cap in 80k because they think that's just cr- they, they, they think I'm, I don't want to pay that give yeah. yourself the opportunity to dream it's possible yeah you know again when we feel safe when we're paying attention to our treatment if somebody comes along and says to you you know again you know take the compliment that somebody sees you as valuable um but I mean even unless you're like a runner for a production company there's no reason you know to kind of say yes to something that at the very least doesn't have your travel your per diems your food Mm. an element of absolute financial exchange within it it's so essential and again it's you know money money consciousness prosperity prosperity consciousness is such um is so unknown for so many women particularly as well that it can just feel like a really really bizarre bizarre thing but the clearer we get in knowing what our numbers are as in what is the lifestyle I want to live and I don't mean like hey I'm on my laptop yeah yeah with my caftan yeah what a load of nonsense it's just (laughs) such shite you know it's like if the apocalypse comes bye (laughs) you know what I mean yes mother of goddess it's just like yeah so um you know that for me um you know I'm looking at um you know we we get into a space of always thinking about what our responsibilities are and our bills really really important but sometimes this can squish us down yes you know and so we can kind of again we we miss joy opportunities Mm -hmm. so just there can be a dream place a sitting down with with a notebook you know how much would you like to save a month Mm -hmm. how much would you like to tie Mm -hmm you know, as in give to, um, so tithing for anybody that, you know, that doesn't know is the um, ultimately giving to a representation of the God of your understanding, mm-hmm. um, you know, which for me is um, uh, an anti-violence against women project in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And um, what's known as the rainforest of Scotland is the Caledonian forest project. So, mm-hmm. you know, 10% of anything that comes in goes straight out to God, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, because when we give, we gain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but just getting really clear on what an annual, I'm going to use the word cost, would be. Yeah for the lifestyle that you really want yeah because if if you're you know on 25 grand but actually 35 
turnover would change, would really change your life, then you'll be able to acknowledge that. And that is all, this is also a step of safety. Yeah. Because we often people please when we think we don't have any other option and we've got to make do. Oh, that that make do word is something that I really, really had to work hard to um, detach from. And I I think that, you know, my my two penneth is Mm. if if you're organising something Mm. and you do not feel safe in this is what I'm going to uh, offer my speakers or whoever it is I've got at this event, whoever is facilitating, Mm -hmm. and then that will be included in my budget and I'm going to price based on that mm-hmm. if for whatever reason you don't feel safe charging whatever that equals mm-hmm. have a think do you need to have a panel discussion mm-hmm. do you need to have four people come along mm-hmm. because we tend to think wide but actually deep is the way to go mm-hmm. so do you need to have a panel of four people or could you have a really beautiful in-depth discussion with one person and pay that person the people that come will still get they might get even more value because you're not going to get a snapshot, a soundbite from four people. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to go deep. It, it just means you'll need to be more selective mm-hmm. about who you're um, asking to take part in your event. Yeah, I agree. And for me, um, personally now, where where I am in the types of conversations that I have, I, f- I, find, I personally find panels really dissatisfying. Um for myself, uh, being there as a, um, in whatever whatever form I'm there, yeah. but 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 also from the audience as well, because I guarantee you're buying tickets because there's one specific person that you you know you want to see. Yep. And actually, what you're doing is you're really asking the organizer, you're really asking um, um, you know the interviewer to to do their job properly. So then, when you're both really in that through me consciousness and you're prepared and you're opening everything up and you you know what you want to say and then you're also able to respond to everything that's in the room then you know that I'm smiling as I'm saying it because that's where the joy is Mm -hmm. the joy is in the preparation and then it's very much in the Buddhist area of complete detachment Mm -hmm. like as Mm -hmm. soon as you sit in the chair you know if I'm even today like with your questions if if I was like oh my god how am I gonna answer that whoa um that we wouldn't be having as interesting a conversation. No. But if I'm I'm allowing myself, I'm thinking, I'm nodding, I'm feeling, mm-hmm. and I'm listening and I'm hearing and I'm like, hmm, interesting. You know, I'm giving myself that space to breathe, to be present, to respond to it from a place of, of attuned activation as a play as opposed to a place of feeling like I better give you a really good answer. Yes. (laughs) When people invite me onto their podcasts and they send me the questions beforehand, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I won't say don't do it because for some people I know it's important for them to do so. Mm -hmm. But when I get too caught up in your question, whatever divine intelligence whatever my ancestors want to say, whatever God gives me will be lost because I'm too focused on your question. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my um, brilliance shines when it is from that divine connection. Absolutely. And that's such a gorgeous example of what it means to be in self-trust and have faith as well as, again, knowing that we prepare 
and 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 then we're along for the ride basically you know yes. we're we're totally there and again that is you know buddha you know detachment practicing detachment it was a lifetime work for him and and lots of other people similarly jesus didn't see the wounds in people he only saw that was that which was already healed you know so mm-hmm. but gave himself the opportunity to meet with the person you know there and then mary magdalene you know, was was the same. She, you know, she saw an opportunity for consciousness, connection. You know, and that's that's ultimately what we are, what we're looking for. We we want to share our stories. We want to share our experiences. Um, I would also say a lot of entrepreneurs want to go back and just get a get a job and know that there's a salary. And heavens, yes, please, because our industries need that. You know, the industries need that. It's really, really important that, what again, whatever your needs are, take care of them. Yeah. You know, and for, um, I know lots of people who came into the, um, you know, the coaching and the mentoring environment around about the same time I did five, six years ago. I can probably, you know, is probably 5% of them are still going you know, and there's that, and that's okay that I don't have any judgment mm-hmm, around mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, and I've definitely had those days when I've thought, you know, what am I doing? And then somehow, you know, that's then ultimately what led me when somebody asked me, what was I next doing? I said, I'm training as an interfaith minister before I even knew that that was a thing, you know, so it was already out my mouth and yeah. it was in my field to ultimately you know, be a woman in this time talking about God and faith to reclaim the word reverend and minister because women were ministers first <laughs> in so, so many lifetimes, you know, and in so, so many different um, cultures. And yeah, you know, to be a to be a woman that's just, you know, talking about things. Because again, ultimately, when I grew up, you know, I'm a Glaswegian from Scotland and I grew up in a shitstorm of religious violence through sport and through whether you were Catholic or Protestant. Oh, wow. Yeah, of course. You know? yeah, so yeah. For me, it was just, um, it was, a, I just grew up in pretty much like a mini war zone ultimately Mm, because mm. it wasn't it was only safe to have one or the other you know and if you were anywhere outside of that there was there was going to be trouble but that you know and I'm still having that conversation why you know and it's like again if it's the god of my understanding and it's the god of your understanding you know and I use the word treatments because it's a really old it's you know it's it's thousands of years old you know this wonderful idea that again because words are spells and we must Mm. cast them wisely so everything you're feeling everything you're experiencing everything you're moving through again gather the evidence look what happens over five days seven days 20 days if you're using a new set of language that begins in the morning from a powerful place of connection and look what happens when you disconnect but then you're attuned enough you're awake enough to be like I'm so sorry I just I just lost my thread for a wee minute there (laughs) I'm human absolutely I Mm -hmm. do that all the time road Mm -hmm. rage is a perfect example of that you're driving along everything's absolutely fine boom Mm -hmm. then it isn't you know but Mm -hmm. you bring yourself back you know again it's like in meditation it's not about how often mind wanders but it is about how often we bring mind back Mm. and that from a place of psychological safety I want to keep recording 
who do I feel safe with? Which environments do I feel safe in? Oh, well, would you look at that? It's because I feel really connected to these people. Oh my gosh, would you look at that? Every time I do that thing, I feel joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a here's a theme. Here's mm-hmm. a pattern. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder what would happen if I did more of this. You know, oh, I wonder what would happen if I paid more attention. Gosh, I've I've got more patience with the kids. I got that deadline. I was half an hour early. You know, again, it's yeah. it's so the and you can feel it as we're talking about it because the accumulative effect of a million billion tiny miracles is is living in purpose. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's that's really the legacy that we want to create. That's the leadership we want for our children. That is conscious connection. That is us you know, giving ourselves the potential to ultimately realize that environmentalism is in part about environmentalism, but in the other part, it's actually a species realizing that its mortality is in grave danger because the earth will recover whether we're here or not. I say this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Gail, Mm -hmm. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours um, but that's not really a podcast <laughs> <is> for, <laughs> for my self-indulgence. Please, could you share, if somebody wants to consciously connect with you, mm-hmm. if you have anything come up or where they can find you? Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Um, well, I would always say just, um, you know, send me an email. You can do that via the contact form on my website, which is gaillovshock.com and shock is s-c-h-o-c-k um at the moment i'm sharing on instagram at gail underscore love shock everything to do with the moving house um so that there's a lot of magic that's been shared in there at the moment as well um and for myself and trees you know because um because opportunities are growing for people to connect with me, I have to respond to that. So I will actually have my first group program um, coming out later, later this year, beginning of next year, Mm -hmm. which is all about prosperity unlocked. Hello, Gail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really excited about it. It's, um, it's probably, it's 20 years of study and research and, um, and many and many many other things but ultimately it will be it's an introduction to help people absolutely feel safe in understanding their desires but then really understanding their desires because nine times out of ten what you think you want isn't yours it's someone else's I was discussing that in a coaching session today Mm. and that's so important because I have worked with women and they've cried when I've asked them what they desire, yeah. what brings them joy, what yeah. they want. Yeah, what do you so, want? What, what do you mm. want? Mm. So, so Gail, mm. um, as we uh, draw to a close, mm-hmm. um, my, my last question for you is, what does everyday joy look like for Reverend Gail Loveshock? <laughs> um, everyday joy is a mixture of things. It is... Um, somehow I make a really good cup of tea twice Uh, (laughs) I don't know for why I've drank tea my whole life but I don't know why that second cup can sometimes be better that's total Mm. joy Um, it's um, 
it is being super happy to see and spend time with my husband and for us to put some music on and dance around the house and just giggle and not care about not even care about caring about about what it looks like and it's having these types of conversations it's having a ding moment you know when I, I I have not done any deep excavation per se other than what is always going on and suddenly mm-hmm. just seeing something in a totally different way um that is the joy and and ultimately it's just feeling deeply appreciative because what we appreciate appreciates and that's important Loves, I leave you with these two from Gail Loveshock, Reverend Gail Loveshock. What we appreciate appreciates. Mm. Yeah, you might have heard it somewhere before, but we're talking about it here and now. Mm. What we appreciate appreciates and you need to prospect mm-hmm. to prosper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys take good care of yourselves and um, I will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 360 Conversations. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. I hope you found the episode useful. I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast. Like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon podcast produced by me tammy thomas podcast music produced by james anderson take care